This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed, and this particular episode is a deep dive. We're going to dive deep into the first half of Vision's Season 2. So this is our episode, Vision Season 2, Part 1. Confused? Well, it will hopefully make more sense later. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm Ken Napsock. I get confused easily anyways, but I'm uh, happy to be here and happy to be on a, a, a deep dive. Even though are, these are reviews of content of, of Star Wars art mm-hmm. and it's like our show reviews, it's I love the our deep dive vibe is back. 
Yeah, yeah, it is really fun to be able to just uh, attempt to slow down and take some time with the uh, with the Star Wars stories because it feels like we are lucky to have lots of Star Wars stories, but it also makes me want to, as a fan, be able to pump the brakes and try to spend a little bit of quality time with each one because <laughs> uh, I feel a little bit like the uh, the famous old Simpsons uh, uh, dream of Homer dancing through the uh, the chocolate land of... <laughs> This is great, but there's so much, and I want to slow down and enjoy each each piece of chocolate. That's amazing. Wonderful reference. Wonderful reference. Speaking of references, that's not a good transition, but it is a transition to let you know that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download in a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. This week, we are continuing to recommend Battle Scars by Sam Meggs. We read this book. We enjoyed this book. If you want to give it a listen and then uh, listen to our deep dive discussion of it, you can download a free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash center. One more time, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audiobook. Ken, this is now the part of the podcast where we've been doing an ask. Uh, But when I did the uh, rundown, I left it blank. Uh, my bad. So, uh, do you want to? What, what do you want to highlight uh, for Force Center? The Patreon, the survey. What would you like to highlight? Today? No, our current ask is meditation. It's open to them. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, uh, both, both. We we've got the uh, survey up there in SurveyMonkey.com, and and because the the uh, Droid numbers aren't in front of me, I encourage you to just go to our Twitter page, Force Center Pod, and and find the link. It's been very valuable, valuable and important as we look towards the future of Force Center. Uh, to get your responses, get your honest responses, just what you listen to and how many times and what you're interested in. And what do you want a T-shirt or not? Those kind of wonderful <laughs> things. You've all been answering wonderful, uh, wonderfully. So uh, find that survey. We're trying to get to a thousand responses, which is just kind of a good number for marketing purposes. Uh, and we're a little over halfway there. So uh, head over to our Twitter to find that link to the survey on surveymonkey.com. And hey, while you're also there, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash center. Speaking of the future of Force Center, that is something that is key to our existence. But also, as always, if you want to support us, telling friends, retweeting, liking, and listening is a good way as well. So there's a bunch of asks. Yeah, that's great. You covered it all and very quickly. We've been so lucky uh, to have so much growth on the Patreon. Uh, in the survey, uh, there was a big burst, but it's still rolling. I keep kind of checking it uh, multiple times a day. Go like, I bet, it, I, I bet we've got as many responses as we're going to, but it does keep ticking up. So thank you to everybody who's taken uh, the time to do that, particularly you know, if you're not in the Patreon on our Discord or maybe you're not on social media a lot and you're just hearing it. It's really valuable um, hearing us talk about the survey it's really valuable to hear from you because the people on our patreon the people on social media uh we hear from a lot but we know we have listeners who aren't in those places so hearing your responses and being able to kind of see some of that in the survey is great uh i i know you were joking ken but i also really like the way that you phrased the question do you want a t-shirt or not uh <laughs> maybe for fun we should put out or just like a real assertive borderline passive aggressive survey where things are jokingly phrased what do you want huh well, I'll tell you what people do like uh, the 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 merch tier with the Four Center coffee mug. The, I'm calling it Calf Center. 
uh, and, and Discord. We got some folks posting their uh, pictures of their coffee mugs. And start your day with Four Center in in your in your mouth and in your ears. There you go. <laughs> I will workshop that. I think. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of asks, uh, I, I do want to quickly mention that as this episode is releasing, pretty much around the same time that this episode is going live, I'm also launching a Kickstarter uh, crowdfunding campaign for a short film that I'm working on. Uh, it is called The Nightmare Adorable. It's a horror film, but it is a horror film about the relationship between horror and comedy. It is about uh, two hosts of a horror YouTube streaming pop culture show who, out of fun, make a cute toy of a of a dark elder Cthulhu-like god. Uh, but then that makes an actual cultist of the real god <laughs> Real angry. Uh, so that's the basic story. Very lucky uh, to have uh, our, our friend of the podcast, Hal Lublinstein, as well as the great Amy Vorpal. And Ken uh, has agreed to play a very cool role in this short film. So if you are at all interested in checking that out, uh, you can check on my social media uh, page. It's all over that on Twitter, Facebook, all those places. Or you can just go to Kickstarter and search for The Nightmare Adorable. Uh, this is the first day, and part of the reason I'm taking a moment to, to plug it uh, uh, vociferously is uh, first day contributions really, really help campaigns. So uh, if you're at all interested in checking it out, please do uh, check it out. And thank you, everyone, for all of the support. Happy to be a part of this. Excited though, I was a little bummed at the first rehearsal. You said I can't can't just keep screaming one way out that this wasn't it. <laughs> that wasn't the role. Well, I think we have an idea for a deleted scene. Let's <laughs> let's film some deleted scenes. It'd be Perfect. absolutely great. All right, we have got many plugs out of the way, so now it is time to dive deep into v Visions Season Two, Part One. Uh, Ken, I think you and I are both in the same place where. Uh, we just watched the first half-ish. We watched yeah. the first four of nine. We're going to do an episode next week. We're going to talk about the back half. Why did you choose to just watch the first uh, four? Did you just want to uh, uh, have the focus on the ones that we're discussing today, or did something else motivate that? Uh, look, i got to be honest. Is I think this is going to be an, an honest episode for me. And, and, and Time, time, and and the sense of, you know, I don't want to be overwhelmed and just have to sit down and watch nine of these stories and feel like I'm moving through them. Like kind of what you were saying up top. Um, and, and then also, uh, you know, I, I didn't want to get confused, <laughs> but uh, time is the big reason. And, uh, and, and actually as we get into the overall thoughts in a second, like, like I felt a little rushed. And then once these started, everything had kind of slowed down and I, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, similar thing for me. I think uh, the keyword is savor. I wanted to savor mm -hmm. each one and let myself uh, sink into it and stay focused and and really have this uh, discussion be about these individual episodes. And I think um, next week when we finish the rest of them, we'll probably have more to say about the whole shape of the, the season. Uh, right. But we do want to talk about our overall reaction to the season uh, so far. Again, with the giant flashing caveat, we've only watched the first four, excited for the rest. But yeah. given these first four, Ken, what is your overall reaction to this second season of Visions? This is where, where you know, I, I want to make sure I, I'm honest. And, and we always couch our honesty and, you know, trying to 
respect uh, everyone else's uh, opinions for all content or experiences. Unless I'm streaming Jedi Survivor and I get angry, then a little too much rage shows through. But I've continued to play the game, by the way. And, and uh, despite being lost for two hours uh, uh, yesterday on, a, on on something I needed two minutes to complete, I'm, I'm enjoying my experience a little bit more. So in the spirit of honesty, I, I, I love the first season. You and I had fun diving into them. Uh, I, and I love that everyone loves the first season visions. That's it for me. I didn't, I've not gone back and revisited them. I, I didn't feel the need to. Oh, t- distance and time has made me almost kind of confused over which episode was what. And and I still love the band, the rock band one, the Jedi Rocks one, which gets weird <laughs> looks sometimes when I mention it to people. I think it just stood out and I love the vibe, love the uh, who you are has value theme in that one. So I went into this um, emotionally flat. I just got, I just, you know, the trailer, everyone it looked good. A lot of people at Celebration who had seen a couple of them were like, oh my God. And again, love that. Love that for you. Love that for Star Wars. Love that for the studios. Love that for all the people uh, and cultures represented in these but I just kind of went like, all right, here we go. Four center assignment day and happy to report mm. almost from the opening shot of, of the <laughs> issue, uh, issue episode. Man, I just was like, ah, I, I get, I get it again. Right. You know what I mean? Like, ah, that's right. I th- These might st- still overall might not be my favorite things, but I can be moved and I can really respect it. And, 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 and I was just pulled in almost immediately with the, the Sith one. Yeah. Well, that's great to hear. I, I was definitely pulled in. All the way. I, I don't think I had any sort of um, uh, negativity, and I don't want to put that word on you. I, I, I didn't have any oh, yeah, negativity going in. Um, I was extremely excited for them. I love the visual storytelling. I love the idea of uh, seeing all the different perspectives that are going to come from from having these be from so many different cultures and uh, in, in parts of the world. I was own my only holdback was feeling like can i get to a place where i can slow down and not have it feel like got it gotta stay caught up um mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. i it, it, and you're right that they were so effective <laughs> yeah uh, that they utterly grabbed me i also sometimes have a thing where like i i want to have enough time to watch everything first just like i'm just watching as a fan the pause button is verboten no matter what don't can't can't (laughs) pause just take it in let it wash over you and then go back and do an analytical viewing um and i had time to do that with uh the first one with the sith uh, I got up on May the 4th and I was just like, I just, I just want to, I, I can't watch a whole movie. I just want to start my day with some bite-sized Star Wars. And I was like, oh, hey, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Visions. So I, uh, I started May the 4th with Sith, the Sith, and I ended May the 4th with uh, I Am Your Mother. So I got a chance to watch those two and just let them wash over me. And then yeah. before we recorded this morning, I set aside some time and watched all the first four uh, from a, a more analytical pause to write things down, take screenshots kind of perspective. Yeah. Um, and so far my reaction is it's doing some different things from the first season, but Mm. it's also just doing the thing I love most from the first season, which is pulling out core star Wars ideas, visuals, emotions, themes, and just celebrating these ideas free of Canon and, and continuity. Each one is, is meaningful, but they also just feel like a, like a, a mural of star Wars in a, in a great way. Um, they, they all have great world building of their own and storytelling. So I, I don't mean that in any way to lessen them, but it is just like this uh, powerful <laughs> micro dose uh, yeah. of, of star Wars. Um, mm. And 
each one to me has some some are more um focused and some i think are have a lot of different ideas going on in them yeah but it was fun to kind of watch the first four and see like different elements of star wars and specifically things that are very close to george lucas's heart being celebrated the idea Mm -hmm. of like pure visual storytelling the little bit of dialogue in the sith is great and needed but it's such visual storytelling and in love with visual storytelling uh there's so much in these first four that's about the importance of of generational knowledge and your parents uh these are coming of age stories uh there are stories that celebrate uh, whimsy and kindness and there's stories Mm -hmm. that are morality tales that are warnings about the choices you make there are so many individual ideas that free of any canon or narrative or is there going to be a season two or did this creator mm-hmm. agree with that creator kind of freed of of any of that stuff it's you're just simmering in the idea and nothing else yeah well, well said on that uh, the, the 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 core themes shine through and uh i i think uh, looking back at the first one I, I did the same thing the first volume did those core themes it just all uh i i i thought focused on um like a, a new hope uh, Kurosawa vibe that, that Lucas loved like that, this, it, that it took that and just exploded all that out there. And this mm-hmm. one, I felt uh, the different focuses, um, uh, the, the, the whole, a the, lot of the, the themes of motherhood, which we kind of knew coming in. I think we'd heard some stuff that some of the themes, at least in, in some of the, the, the bigger ones there uh, that kind of shone through as well. And, and it worked on that, on that scale. Yeah. I, I, I definitely agree with that. I think I was also affected this morning, just watching the first four, in a row in seeing mm-hmm. um, how much women protagonists were centered. Um, Absolutely. And that, that great. I think it's one of the things that is important about representation and diversity is getting to see um, so many different sides of people. And you and I, I think it's something I'm always going to be aware of because you and I grew up in the era where, uh, the team of six <laughs> and uh, this one's the tough guy this one's the nerd this one's a woman and it's it was often you'd see narratives that had one woman character which mm-hmm. then has this weight of is this story saying it, able to present this person as a as a multifaceted complex person or by default because it's the only woman there is this a statement on who women are yeah. um, so I'm always affected when the because I think I come from that era of stories where we get to see all of these different facets of characters. Yeah. I, I yeah. Thinking back to <laughs> that time you got your team and this is who you are. What a wonderful thing to grow beyond. Yes. The Smurfette era. <laughs> yes. Yes. Great. And, and, uh, and no, no, uh, no disrespect to Smurfette, but great to no. move on. Uh, that's my review of Visions, too. That's, we've come a long way from Smurfette. That's my review. The historian uh, will call it the Smurfette era. Uh, also affected by the fact that these are three stories of real um, Sith and Empire, heavy presence, mm-hmm. heavy sense of oppression and then the bonkers fun one in mm-hmm. a in a better era of the new republic also aligns the villains with the Sith. <laughs> yes yes so yeah. uh, a, a a lot of uh, a lot of women uh fighting back against uh horrific uh sith and imperial oppression yeah yeah God, i can't wait to talk about 
Angelica Houston is the Sith mother. I have questions more than anything about that. Uh, yeah, no, well said. And yeah, the 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 I am your mother Ardman one uh, really stands out. It's much like the the rock star one back uh, back at the first volume did for me of just that big gear shift, but everything's still in line with the themes. Yeah. You, you've talked a little bit about the kind of, for yourself, a compare and contrast to this season, given the first one. Um, do you have other feelings on that about how different or, or similar uh, these I, two seasons are? I just, I just felt it. I, I mean, they're, they're very similar in what they are setting out to do. And I, again, volume one, I, I really think um, that they made the smart play to be like all these, all these studios and, and um, um not one genre, but you know, just just one style uh, overall. Just this, this, this real strong uh, statement on 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 that core uh, of Star Wars again that we keep talking about that, that George went back to a lot, and and Filoni goes to a lot too, by the way. Um, but this one, I just felt already in just four um, four episodes, felt that this was this was exactly what it was advertised as: studios around the world and how mm-hmm. they make art and how they view art and the stories they're telling. Uh, it just um, it enhanced the experience and made made Visions Volume Two already for in feel a little bigger, a little bigger. Which again, I, I'm trying to choose, choose my words carefully, as because I don't, yeah, I don't want to sound negative towards the first one. I wasn't, but I just um, I thought this was a more robust experience for me. Yeah, I, 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 you know, again, need to finish the whole season to see what the what the variety is like because there there's a ton of variety, but there is you know some some similar ideas and themes to see what what people are gravitating mm-hmm. toward. Um, and wonder how much of that is is history in different parts of the world versus the, the challenges that the entire world is facing mm-hmm. <laughs> right now. Um, that's all fascinating stuff. I'm so glad that season one exists. Uh, I season two is is wonderful, but I'm really glad that they started season one with the Japanese animation because yeah. Star Wars was so heavily influenced uh, by the art and the culture of uh, Japan and Japanese storytelling that I feel like it was really appropriate to have that highlight. Um, And I think there was great variety within uh, the animation styles of of Japan of anime, Um, Mm. but, but it was all within that one thing. So I I think it's incredibly amazing and wonderful that it it exists. I'm thrilled with it. Uh, And I'm now glad that it's taken a a step into, um, you know, another season where we're seeing even, even more uh, Mm -hmm. cultural ideas. And I'd be fine if it, if it keeps going for a real long time and it expands to more and more cultures, I'd be fine if it was, Hey, uh, the the next season, uh, season three, we're going back to almost a season one idea and let, let's really focus on one specific culture and see what mm-hmm. eight animation studios from that culture has to say. I think they're, they're both valuable. Yeah. Um, I think it was also interesting for me in terms of like the similarity and differences uh, having a couple of years now with vision season one to know how I ended up relating to, to volume one mm-hmm. is that it, it, you know, watch them all multiple times for our deep dive, enjoyed discussing them, enjoyed digging into the ideas. The way I've ended up interacting with them over the years is there are three that I rewatch when I sometimes just want a little bite size mm-hmm. <laughs> bit of Star mm-hmm. Wars. Uh, the Elder has become really my favorite, but I watch The Elder, The Duel, The Village Bride sometimes when I'm just like, I'm just in a Star Wars mood. I don't have time to, you know, start a <laughs> third yeah. Rebels rewatch. I'm just going to watch the elder and it, it, uh, um, 
Right. It's really amazing how much it satisfies the Star Wars desire while also still being unique in its own thing. Yeah. No, I love that. Love that. Awesome. Well, let's dive into uh, the specific episodes we're discussing, starting with episode one, The Sith from El Giri Gui- uh, Studios, uh, written and directed by Rodrigo Blas. Uh, what was your overall reaction to this one, Ken? Yeah, th- this is, uh, I I'm trying to. <laughs> I wasn't like I was on the couch with my arms crossed. Okay. But I was like, all right, we got to do this. Right. We, we got to do this. And, and, and so it's a little bit of a, of a grumpy mindset. I was like grease on the mantis. Like, all right. <laughs> so I started it. And then, and then plus here's the thing, knowing that it's tit- it was titled Sith, right. Or the Sith. I, I have this weird kind of, I don't know, defensive, def- defensive uh, feeling towards Star Wars uh, versus those that are just like, they have Sith posters on their wall, right? <laughs> like we know mm-hmm. them. And so I just, I, I got to admit, I was just like, oh, here we go. And then within seconds, there's just some beauty all through this episode, right? It, it, it's truly this uh, colors versus darkness, the colors, painting, art. It, it, it is an art piece that's about art and all those kinds of things. And I just immediately felt a sense of calm, which is weird in an episode maybe titled as it. <laughs> and you got the little uh, little droid there, little, little crab droid. I forgot to write down his... E2. Uh, E2, thank you. I meant to go back and do that. Just immediately, and it's such a wonderful kind of Star Wars design, prequel-ish, a little Separatist-ish too, uh, mm. as well, which kind of it makes some sort of sense overall with the themes. And and that that shot, there's that one shot, uh, uh, and and I, I I put it down in some uh, favorite moments, but it, it's important to talk about the overall where, where uh, Lola is is sleeping, having the nightmare, sitting there, and and it's you know a white wall with all that black kind of like leading in, and it's just such a beautiful uh, and also dark somber piece <laughs> of art, like a painting that I just was like, all right, my arms uncrossed, <laughs> you got me, you got me, and 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 right from there it was pulled in. Well, yeah, that's powerful. And you can edit this out if I'm sharing something from your life that you don't want me to share. Sure. Uh, but you have some paintings in the wall of your home that don't <laughs> look dissimilar <laughs> to yes. what Lola is wrestling with. Uh, your partner, Grace's uh-huh. wonderful paintings, have a, a similar energy and I think mm-hmm. a similar mm-hmm. uh, dance with uh, the light and the dark. In, yeah. in in a really beautiful way that I hadn't thought about until you were talking about. I I, I did think about that and even told her this morning, She I was watching uh, the third one and she kind of crossed in the living room and she kind of was like, what are you watching? This is really sad. <laughs> like, what, what are you watching? <laughs> and I, said, yeah, I was explaining what Visions is and I said, I think you really will like the first one. So I'm going to try to see if I can get her to watch that because I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah, my overall reaction, uh, to this one was, man, what a way to start Star Wars Day on May the 4th. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, th- this was a sort of, um, my soul's jaw was on the floor, put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I-, I love that it's the force as a painting class. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it is, uh, I-, I, I know I have mentioned perhaps too often, uh, that I got a, a visual art degree, but for the there was a lot of drawing classes, but a lot more painting classes, and I spent a, a, a good chunk of my mm. my time on the uh, not only in art classes, but uh, you know it, it was a take your work home, and I spent a lot of time on the floor of my <laughs> tiny bedroom uh, covered in paint. Um, so it it really really spoke to me to use that visual language. 
not only of animation, but specifically of of paint and, and that idea of, you know, you choose the colors, you are bringing something into this world and are you bringing in something dark and is it dark and beautiful or are you just bringing in something horrible uh in, in that feeling of of paint literally being everywhere and being caked in it and how much do you control the paint and how much is the paint climbing on you um all that stuff was extremely powerful uh i'm sure anybody who watches it can can feel that it was visceral to me from the experience i've had with with painting and, and being in that world yeah, no, beautifully, uh, just a beautiful introspective piece that uh, uh, the switch of, from, uh, you know, a, a former Sith making good, so to speak. That's a real TV guide summary of what did that. <laughs> that stood out too right away, um, especially even her, the, the, the Lolo's design, right? Uh, that kind of that white slash gray streak, which ties into maybe seems the balance and everything, but to me showed a little bit of uh, maturity, a little bit of age. Um, and I love coming of age stories. I love the generational uh, exchange and the generational change points of, of even some of the ones in this this batch and the overall vibes. But this one we're just I, I was also pulled in by that the journey never really ends uh, and, and you can find new beginnings uh, and that it wasn't someone who is discovering this for the first time as someone uh, who's maybe struggled with it, had gone on a journey, wanted to change that journey. Uh, and I thought that that was a good use of sith turned jedi maybe we don't know doesn't matter sith on her on her own path yeah no i really agree with you i i found myself as i was making notes kind of thinking of what other parts of star wars do some of these remind me of and this one to me had a little bit of it reminded me of the kenobi television show because i mm -hmm. agree with you this was a uh this was a coming of middle age <laughs> yeah, yeah, story yeah. a uh i i am on my path i have had ups and downs i'm trying to take back the reins of my life but it's not working how do i take back the reins of my life and make it what i what i want it to be it isn't the first step it's the ongoing uh adventure and i i really feel like uh this story and and the the animation had a little bit of the classic star wars sometimes really gets to have its cake and eat it too when it comes to the dark side <laughs> mm -hmm. uh there's the fun of the baddies there's the the visual power the dark fantasy of it there's a reason that you know vader is an icon there's a reason that people are drawn to maul it, it, it's it's horror movie stuff it's like who, who imagine being that what is that and being tempted by it and and also just going well damn that looks cool this is serious yeah. <laughs> all that stuff so it really leaned into everything that is uh, great <laughs> yeah about yeah. the dark side and the sith but to me was not an endorsement of it yes and uh, i'll say this is our overall reaction is my overall reaction then we can get into the actual ideas i i was waiting with bated breath to see if this was a a, a gray jedi story <laughs> and i feel like <laughs> it was not yes. uh so with that that said let's get into the the big picture ideas uh, what did you feel this story was about? What was at stake in the Sith? Well, I'll start with uh, right where you left off. I wrote down this. I thought it was a, a statement of truth, a statement of honesty, and not an advertisement for Great Jedi. It, it was a way to step forward into the light as you truly are. And we have light. We have darkness. 
Um, there is, there's a balance to be found. It is something you're always going to struggle with, but that's part, that's, that's who you are. So it's forging your own destiny as you are. And yes, you want to change and yes, you want to grow. And her, her master was someone who I would not say is balanced and not dancing in the middle. And she was not just in the middle. I can touch the darkness. I can touch the light. No, it's an acknowledgement of, of a truth. This is all in me. This is all in me. And, and I can move forward as that. And I can move forward in my own way. And uh, I, I'm really with you because I had, I, I, there was something about it early on. I was like, oh, they're not, wait a minute there. Cause I love this. Piece. They're not suggesting, are they suggesting? No, no. <laughs> the timer master shows up. And I agree with you. I made a note of that too. They're just the Sith master design is so good that it, it just, it, it reminded me why people buy t-shirts of the dark side, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or buy those figures first. Totally good. Bleeping cool. The dark side is is cool. As Lucas yeah. says with a sigh, people like the villains. But they <laughs> do because they're cool. Co- G.I. Joe, Cobra had the better toys. Empire's the better toys. So that that was good. But but that is a that is a, a, a character not balanced. And so I thought that was a great way to uh, just uh, where the whole story went. Yeah, that is a character who was yeah. uh, determined to uh, enforce his will and his desires on somebody else's life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I really felt like this was how to wrestle with the dark side 101. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved uh, this picture of somebody who um, it was trying to reject the dark side by 1,000% denying it. Um yeah. Yeah. my take on it from the the that she chose to live in a dark place it was set up from the beginning trying to get up in the morning and have some calf with a bounce in her step joking with her droid uh, while an eclipse is coming <laughs> uh while this darkness is is coming for her uh, the sith master comes uh, you know to try to force her uh back into the darkness uh, but I also took it from when when she rides out to check out the sensor, the the place she's living looks a lot like Vader's castle. Like mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. she has made the choice to go to a place that is consumed in in darkness, mm-hmm. and it's not just. It, it's almost like in my in myself, I want to stamp out anything yeah. that has ever been been dark. Um, a little bit coded with some of the the history of 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 uh, you know more machine than man Kenobi's quote of of having the arm and wondering what happened to it um, clearly was once an apprentice all, all those things but that trying to have that that utter rejection of it and having that not work is really powerful visually told very clear in the story um, but I think for me why I call it how to wrestle with the dark side 101 is just that, that acceptance that she has of light and darkness are part of the painting part of me. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it's accepting it. It's accepting the reality that fear and anger and, uh, and sadness, these, these things are all real and we can't deny them. Mm. Uh, we choose how we respond to them. Yeah. And I think the, the gray Jedi thing for me is that, that idea that both sides are right. The dark side is not right <laughs> to me. It's it's real and it has to be accepted and dealt with so that you can choose when to be honest with yourself about it, but you can choose when to reject it. And I've never liked the gray Jedi thing of like, 
yeah, some days I, I am a champion of light and other times, well, you <laughs> yeah. gotta let that stiff lightning out of your fingers. It, 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 <laughs> for me, it has always been a, a, about um, a little bit sitting on the fence. And I, and I mm-hmm. think mm-hmm. Uh, no offense to anybody who likes the great Jedi um, theory talking about my take to me it's always been the idea that i think is here is that the light side connection growth exploration beauty colors life that is the light side and that's what she chooses to go to Mm -hmm. but in order to get to it she needs to acknowledge the reality of darkness but not serve it yeah, yeah, the, 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 uh, you know, I'm not afraid versus uh, I'm afraid and how can I overcome that is is, is one way to look at it. And uh, in terms of uh, our thoughts and theories on the Great Jedi, I think that's what's always bothered me about it is, is, is it, 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 you know, I think there's a confusion too between, say, the dark side. This is total Star Wars in the weeds conversation, right? Mm-hmm. But the dark side and the Sith kind of one and the same. Like the Sith aren't just simply dark side users they 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 aim to to snuff out the light right and mm-hmm. and and that's one of the differences you don't get to one day tip your waiter well and the next dine and dash that's not that's not balance <laughs> that's not how how it goes the sith have always been um uh, uh you know they can conf- confirm to their beliefs and 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 definitely connected with one way of doing things and and and, I, and i'm with you on i just the, the power of acknowledging this is what's really in me uh, or I, I do have a temper. I, I, I am susceptible to, to rage. I've got to, I can't deny that. I can't, I've got to deal with that and I've got to uh, incorporate that into how I exist and, and, and know when it's a problem and know when it's there and how can I, all those kind of things are pretty valuable on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and just making it this cool Star Wars, beautifully uh, animated Star Wars action scene, but also making it a, a painting and connecting it mm-hmm. to the idea of, art of you're trying to express what's in your soul and you know humans are complicated messy creatures and and there's Mm -hmm. there's awful things in us and and Mm -hmm. one of the ways to deal with that is to express it in a safe way to express it in in art Mm -hmm. and um and the most important thing is how do what actions do we take yeah and i love that she accepted that she can't force this temple, this world, this painting mm. to be something it isn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a, a an acknowledgement of what is. But then her actions, and this is what, what really sold it for me, is, you know, that second blade comes out, the red blade. Mm. But she doesn't start screaming. She doesn't start saying, you know, uh, I, I, you know, I'm I'm gonna go on a mission and kill every every Sith, and I'm gonna make people pay. It's very it's very Jedi like. It's yeah. it's calm and precise because she's in touch with herself, and it's what it's defense because this mm-hmm. this person is not gonna leave her alone. Yeah, he's he's trying to take the reins of her life, and she is balanced in saying, "No, those are my reins. This is my life. I'm taking it." But it's all very balanced, very peaceful. And when she flies away the last image is there's still bits and pieces of darkness, but what she wants comes into focus, which mm-hmm. is bursts of beautiful, lively color. That's not somebody who, who, who has given in to the dark side. That's mm-hmm. someone who has acknowledged it 
and the acknowledgement of it has has allowed her to make the choice she wants which is discovery mm-hmm. color life connection yeah the ability to, to move forward with all of that and 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 uh you know i i think of you know look at luke having a flash of anger over over ben and then him not that scaring him not dealing with it running away from it right and you have to come to terms with that before you move forward and move forward in your own way i thought that, i thought it was very similar theme and, and, and vibe just told so wonderfully different yeah it's so just we keep mentioning it, but just the use it, it truly was a living a living painting it was a living painting yeah i think this one also connected to me because it reminded me of uh of uh, <laughs> when i worked at kinko's now fedex mm-hmm. office uh it, it was it, i've said this before i worked in downtown minneapolis it was really stressful and rough it was a lot of high money demanding clients and mm. people having a hard time. It was really stressful. So to cope with it, uh, everybody who worked there complained a lot. And mm-hmm. I think we kind of got to a dark side place where we all complained a lot uh, to because that was how we coped. But then we got a new manager. <laughs> We're just like, everybody who works here is just a downer full <laughs> of negativity and the manager tried to uh, mm-hmm. institute a no negativity policy, <laughs> mm. 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 which only made it more negative. And it was just like a good life lesson for me of like, yeah, I'm tipping into the dark side because I'm coming to work every day ex- furious before yeah. anything happens. But then he he tried to address this by saying, bury the truth of the mm. frustrations. And neither of those work. And that yeah. this part, this this story really reminded me of that life experience. I, I you know, uh, from Sith to FedEx office, Kinkos, I think it all it all worked there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, did you have any favorite moments of action or comedy or a specific shot? Any specific moments you wanted to, to shout out in this short? Yeah, uh, in the beginning, I talked about how some of the art just immediately, you know, grabbed me in, and, and it's the value of doing this series and without the pressure of of, of canon. And and I have to admit, sometimes I I think I, I I look at this series not as a less than, but I just look at it as this thing on the side because I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm focused on canon. I'm not, a, I'm not this canon, you know, lore head that needs everything to be and can't appreciate anything outside of it. But I just think, especially because of what we do, I'm just more focused on, all right, all right, all right. All right. What, what does this mean? What does this mean to the timeline? What does this mean? Kind of stuff, there's that energy, which is not always a great energy. So I think the, the vibe really calmed me right away to remind me of why we do this. And, and, seeing the art uh, kind of come to life. But then there's a moment early, uh, right before the colors in her and her calf uh, turn black, right where those bubbles go from bright to, to dark, from light mm-hmm. to dark. She says, I got this. And I just, I don't know. There was something really uh, wonderful and honest about that um, uh, in that moment. She's trying. She's getting up every day. She's having these horrendous nightmares. She's down one arm. She's got a robot arm. A robot arm. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things. <laughs> she still has this vibe of, I got this, which was, uh, I thought, set the tone for the the, the, the episode so well. Yeah, that's it's and it's who her character is. Like I'm, I'm, I'm determined. I'm gonna find a way and yeah. and find the best way. Yeah, that initial shot. Uh, the character's name in the credits, uh, Lola. That the yeah. initial shot of the water bubbles, not just turning bright, but turning diverse. Um, mm-hmm. The the idea that that's the light side. All these different ideas, and then. The dark side is just all the same. The the rock, it was just one of the better visual storytelling moments, mm-hmm. you know. Of oh, what's at stake? Got it. <laughs> yeah. So that was really powerful in terms of just cool action shots. Could be so many, but I, I liked the surprise of the the cute little droid, uh, Itu's uh, face just turning into a cannon. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, I was expecting like the big 
you know, body shot to the Sith droid and it goes flying into the distance and the, how can we make this as big as possible? And I just love that big cannon just neatly popping the head off the yeah. Sith droid. Like, you know, <laughs> you're popping the head off a flower. It was something else. I love that moment. And uh, yeah, absolutely with you on that one there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and the other thing for me that I'd say that I, I really, really enjoyed about this is that uh, while it was entirely its own aesthetic, it was fun to see it pull from lots of different places um, mm. in in canon Star Wars. Uh, I love that her main ride was a lot like Grievous's wheel bike. Um, Wonderful design. The Old Republic vibe of, of this Sith Master was great. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the biggest thing is... You know, when it, the, the doors are thrown open and, and all of these different creators are say, being told, pull from wherever you want in Star Wars. I thought the 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 guards with the, the Sith Master had a real Sith Trooper from Rise of Skywalker vibe to me. Totally. You know, designs like that have been in EU and Legends and that, but they really looked like they were hopping out of Rise of Skywalker. And it was great to see more modern Star Wars visuals in this. Totally agree with all that there, and, and the grievous, the, I'm, what I'm calling the grievous speeder, um, which which was very much its own thing at the same time. Uh, it was such a wonderful mm-hmm. design, and and again, going to like the canon of all. I'm not here to have that canon discussion or canon debate. I, I, this is they are as these are as they need to be in their their own thing. But man, I, I keep saying, start drafting from from this roster of designers and designers and creators and pull them and let's see what they can do and bring some of this aesthetic. Uh, to to uh, the, the canon side of Star Wars, for, for lack of a better term, you know what I mean? Like, the, just a wonderful take on on designs that I was very familiar with, right? Like, oh, the Grievous thing, oh, but it's doing something else, and those blasters, and you know where the droid even fits in on it uh, was was amazing to me. Oh cool. yeah, yeah, there, yeah. There, I I could go through tons and tons of shots that were greatness, and and mm-hmm. I think this is definitely one that I'll just be throwing on to enjoy visually for a bite sized bit of Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we're going to move on then to the second episode, episode two, Screechers Reach. Uh, this is by Cartoon Salon Studios, uh, an Irish company, uh, directed by Paul Young, written by Will Collins and Jason uh, Tamarmagi. Uh, apologies for the uh, probably less than great pronunciation. Uh, what was your overall reaction to this one? Um, I, I, I liked it. It even it even scared me a little bit. Uh, it, it was also really sad. <laughs> And, and and but real and reminded me a lot of of Anakin taking his journey forward and final moments with his mom and Phantom Menace and definitely had those um, those things going on. Uh, so I I really liked it. Um, but it might be one that I don't revisit much going forward because I just I just thought it was it was really sad. It's like when ET leaves. You know, <laughs> there's big lessons in it there that we'll talk about but yeah oh oh yeah no i mean yeah this is this is not a feel-good uh yeah. rewatch yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah you know what I mean? um but i thought it was amazing yeah that's really fascinating to say you know i think a lot of its punch is in a first viewing mm-hmm. which is not to say that there isn't things to enjoy because the the aesthetics are strong they're going to be I think anytime that a story has a twist, it's always really fun to watch it a second, a third time and mm-hmm. see how the the twist is built to watch the mechanics of it. You know, a second viewing of Sixth Sense is uh, really is just as interesting as the is the first one uh, yeah. kind of thing to uh, reference a pretty famous twist. Um, 
I thought that's part of what was amazing about this is the subversion of tropes, a, a true look at the familiar from a fresh angle. Uh, mm-hmm. What if the cave vision is not in your mind? What if the call to larger things is a trap? <laughs> yeah. A horrible, sad manipulation. Um, yeah. I also, th- I also am in no way an expert. So uh, happy to uh, be corrected by people who are uh, of the culture. But to me, there was a sense of what, what I understand from, from storytelling, from uh, some friends of Irish folklore and history. Um, mm-hmm. the, the idea of the, the sort of the Dagobah dark side cave, but it's a dark mountain and it's a, it's a, it's a witch in the cave. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, power of a strong working family this this picture of uh this family that even though uh they are being oppressed um which hey look up irish history (laughs) there's some Mm -hmm. there's some oppression even though that they are trapped in this sort of machinery of this system they still have culture they Mm -hmm. still have joy the family is still a safe wonderful life-giving life-building place that was powerful to me and i think one of the things that that makes it so incredibly tragic. Yeah, there's that line um, from uh, uh, the older kid there. Uh, there are worse worse lives, right? And, and uh, mm-hmm. there are better lives. That that was, uh, I thought, a pretty powerful moment for me. Yeah. Did you just see that, you know, the, the elder figure was so supportive, so mm-hmm. wanting to help uh, the, the, the main character, Dahl, uh, seeing all of the laughing and the playing and the, yeah, the that. working together, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there's something affecting about that, right? Uh, you know, we talk so many times about uh, Pisana and, and Rise of Skywalker being this source of joy and this lesson, a lesson for Ray, but just a, a reminder of what's out there in the galaxy to defend. And I, I thought there was something important about the the laughing, the joking, uh, uh, and just uh, the the youth of it all. Uh, yeah. The yeah, and the family of it. Yeah, it reminded me a little bit of like it had some vibes of what I'm so enjoying about the Bad Batch of they are trapped in a horrific era of time, but there is so much power and joy from their family. Yeah, indeed. So what did you feel this one was about? What do you think was at stake in Screechers Reach? I mean, look, man, it, this ends with a very, I said, I have just a, a giant, wonderful question hanging over it. Is, and you, you touched upon it there. Is, 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 is this, this call forward, what is it? What is it? You know, and Angelica Houston uh, showing up there at the end. Uh, great. Uh, I love that. Love that casting. But it's the Sith mother. I was like, no, is it even more sadder than I need it to be? Um, <laughs> but hey, you know, the call to the venture, uh, uh, this idea, of, similar to what we were just talking about, of it, you begin to face in your fears, not denying them, not acknowledging them, not necessarily running away from them, but knowing they're there. Um, and, 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 and I think that's a, a, a powerful reminder and, and, and fears can have different levels uh, and, and change along the way. Uh, this is a big one. Um, and I love the idea of this. The ghost isn't necessarily something you can touch. It's something in your mind, though, that uh, changes along the way. But that's powerful in, in, a, in a series, in a franchise, in a saga that's always about taking those first steps. Uh, that kind of fear is a big one. And, and when, the, when the fear is a screeching ghost in a mountain, it kind of <laughs> freaked me out. Yeah. Uh, 
I, I I so agree with you. I think all of these really great, really solid, truly wonderful Star Wars ideas. Um, we talk about them in Star Wars. Obviously, they they are other places, uh, but Star Wars has made it, it its mission to sort of uh, mm. collect and 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 repackage some of these these ideas. Uh, mm. And those are, I think are the things that sort of become the the guardrails of what Star Wars is. Uh, and Kathleen Kennedy gave that great quote about the guardrails of Star Wars, and I don't think she was talking about being pedantic about canon. I think she was talking mm-hmm. about these big ideas. And I think what was fascinating about this is if Screechers Reach had just told the classic Star Wars stories, it still would have been really affecting because we would have seen this a wonderful uh, working class uh, oppressed family finding joy, supporting one another, helping one another. If, if the witch in the cave had been like the Dagobah cave and it was just in the mind, if the being that ha- had given doll the amulet and came for him truly was a Jedi or a will of the force. And, mm-hmm. and it was sad that doll had to leave her family, but she did. That would have been a great Star Wars story, great story right? all by itself. But instead, it was all of that <laughs> twisted and then a knife in the gut. <laughs> uh, and that's what's powerful, really powerful to me about it. Is it, it would have been a great solid Star Wars story, story, mm-hmm. but it's a subversion of all those things. Uh, to yeah. me, it makes it that the idea of this piece is that good lessons, good truths, good ideals, good intentions can be twisted. Mm-hmm. Um and that's always been the story of of the dark side. Uh, yeah. We can all relate to to Anakin feeling uh, uh, isolated, not as cared for as he needs uh, yeah. in the beginning of his career with the Jedi. The pain of losing his mom, the fear of losing his wife, the the horror of uh, maybe maybe Obi Wan doesn't really care for me. Maybe everybody who does care for me is trying to keep me away from the one thing that truly makes me happy, Padme. Um, all those things are relatable. And then he makes a horrible choice based on them. Uh, yeah. Same yeah. thing recently with Dooku in Tales of the Jedi, where we see like, oh, yep, the, the galaxy is mm-hmm. broken and the Jedi are neutering themselves uh, from helping people, their their primary goal. Totally relatable. But wait, mm-hmm. it was really powerful to really emotionally be in that story from Dahl's perspective and see how on the surface, everything sounded good but because of the lore of star wars because of the hints in the in the storytelling the animation and the in the confirmation in the credits mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> of his mother we, we know that these are good lessons good truth good ideals being mm-hmm. used to manipulate uh this yeah. poor child yeah, one of my favorite things of uh, the Amazon Prime show, Rings of Power, and I know that's uh, a lot of people didn't love the show. I loved it. One of the big themes throughout that, that's literally the first scene and carries throughout this, the series is Galadriel's asking, how can I tell the difference between light and darkness? Oh, when, when often the darkness is reflecting the light. And and uh, it's, the, the answer is somewhat simple. You'll know, right? <laughs> You'll know, but it, it will reveal itself. Uh, I'm summarizing a powerful season of television, again, at least from my, my point of view. So I thought that had some of the vibes too and part of the lesson there too. And then like I said, it wasn't just a twist. It, it, was, a, it was a gut punch, I thought. Yeah, yeah. I, I love how much it feels like when they go in the cave and uh, they're – 
it, it, Doll wants to go to the cave and uh, her family is so supportive. And, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, it's a story of togetherness and it, it looks like it's just going to be a story of uh, a lot of what we talked about for what looks like what Skeleton Crew is going to be. This coming mm-hmm. of age story where y- y- in order to get to the wonder, you have to push past the terror. And yeah. when Doll is first moving the rock... It's like, ah, this is what Dahl needed to uh, yeah, awaken yeah. The, the strength in the force, to uh, awaken the strength in the light. But then it turns into just murder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that great twist when when the witch is real and, and clearly terrifying and has a, a, a dark mm-hmm. blade. But to Gladriel's question, mm-hmm. um, the, mm-hmm. it feels like Dahl know, knows it's wrong yeah to just go and execute this trapped yeah person who can't who, who probably means him and his or her and his family harm uh mm. but is trapped and pinned yeah 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 <laughs> uh and then everything about the the sith mother arriving is um it's entirely mm-hmm. anking going off with qui-gon Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, w- when Qui-Gon tries to explain of, you know, it, it, being a Jedi is this utter commitment to being a Jedi and it, and it means leaving home. It means leaving your mom. It's yeah. Yeah. And even Shmi says, but it's your choice. You choose. This is such a great dark twist of that, of it's, it's mm-hmm. isolation from family. Uh, yeah, but yeah. it's, it's cruel and desired from the Sith mother, the way she says, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so ultimately the, to me, this is a story of. Uh, going from one form of oppression, the imperial factory, uh, to another, because Dahl mm. isn't gonna go and explore the stars and find mm. something bigger and new. Uh, she's gonna be a tool of the Sith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'd love to see a sequel to this. Actually, th- this one, this one would have. Th- I, I know why it wasn't number one. It should have been ish- uh, ep- episode number one. And and then then episode two should have been Sith, so that way I could feel better about it. <laughs> it it kind of worked that way a little bit for me when we got to the the next one. Yeah. Um, so you said question. Do do you question what hap- what happened or or where are you at now? I I, I think um, no no I, I I once I went to the credits um, you know I knew knew it was Angelica Houston we'd we'd known that going in but I just was like you know oh, what what was that character's name right and then it was like Sith mother this was that for the first viewing. And that's when I went to, hey, wait a minute. Because <laughs> it, 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 it is such a, you know, it's again, it's Anakin's moment, right? Right? But then you go you go back and this, this is when you have the benefit of going back and the benefit to, to not just look at the details and clues and uh, Easter eggs and tell you what the story's about, but just really feeling it from a different vibe and feeling the fear, feeling the pain and feeling what you just highlighted of, uh, can we go too? No. <laughs> no. Different energy emerges, right? And different energy. And even, you know, I love the design of the, this bird-like ship that was also how designed very motherly is how I'll say, uh, mm-hmm. when, when you see the door open, um, um, just to feel a different vibe from it. it. Just, just by simply that reveal in the credits, but I feel it's there if you're clued in. And so that's why I said, I had the question of just like, what did it, wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. What did I just want? <laughs> Yeah, uh, we, we can transition into favorite moments of uh, action, comedy, or shot because all, all this stuff is is some of my favorite. I think this entire thing is structured mm-hmm. to keep giving you hope. 
Um, mm. you know, it, it turns when the witch is real and mm. still screeching, but pinned and trapped and mm-hmm. pulling at the lightsaber. And you're like, yeah, doll, <laughs> uh, yeah. don't let the witch get the lightsaber. But, ooh, don't, don't. <laughs> yeah. And then that amulet, like, oh, well, well, maybe the amulet is uh, from mm-hmm. a light side person. Ooh, it, it glowed red. Yeah. Probably yeah. not. Uh, yeah. But then the ship arrives mm-hmm. and it glows. And it, mm-hmm. and it, I had another moment where like, okay, well, maybe it's not a Sith. Because look at mm-hmm. that glowing. And then, okay, the, the, the Sith mother's got, look, looks a little like an angel, but a lot of red glow. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, the, it was the no that was like, okay, yeah. that's, that's the final statement of this. I was like, can my family come to no with the yeah. eye glow? And then I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I, uh, I, those, those beats were my favorite because I felt like they were constructed mm-hmm. to play with our emotions. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and again, make, make you question how, how can you tell the difference? How can you tell? Yep. Yep. Any other um, uh, favorite moments for yourself? Uh, I, 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 it's so funny. I saw this t- uh, tweeted before I saw the episode, but I, I do love the line. In my mind, I'm kicking her up the arse. I mean, that that's Star Wars <laughs> canon for me. That counts. That's good. yeah. That was really, really great. And uh, I, I particularly in you know the prequel era, the Clone Wars era, that was when uh, sometimes an alien would just be like, "Well, this alien's green, has four arms, and they're Scottish." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it was great. Um, honestly, to hear um, a specific culture's accent, turn a phrase, and feel like that culture made that, so yeah. I get to enjoy it for exactly what it is, and not wonder. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, is that a person doing an Irish accent, or is that an actual <laughs> Irish person? Yeah, uh, it was that was nice. Yeah. Uh, I love that. Um, I love the sense of scale in the beginning of the shots of the tiny figures in the Imperial mm. factory. Um, even tiny against the horizon. It really gave you like um, a sense of uh, they feel like they're really small in this giant, yeah. giant galaxy. Yeah. And I loved all that. And at the end of the day, this was, this was truly a star Wars ghost story. And I love that. Mm-hmm. Final favorite moment for me to bring it back a little bit to, to comedy is I love the contrast when they're kind of camping out and getting ready and they're joking and they're kicking, kicking ghosts up the arse in their minds and faith on express coming through. And then the slam to the, dark cave <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, contrast between light and dark was solid solid indeed no love that. all right we are gonna take a quick break and we'll be back in a moment to uh discuss the next two episodes of visions volume two back in a moment life is full of what ifs some awesome like what if ai could fold your laundry and some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. And we are back to continue our discussion of Visions Volume 2. We are up to Episode 3 entitled In the Stars by a punk rock Punk Robot Studios, a Chilean studio uh, directed by, by Gabriel Osorio, Osorio and produced by Pato Escala. Uh, written by Gabriel Osorio, Osorio, Antonio Herrera, and Francisco Ortega. Uh, Ken, what was your overall reaction to this one? Yes, I really love this one, and and, and my fiance Grace is right. It was real sad, but it's also real uplifting, and, and that's kind of sometimes the, the dance, right? Uh, the light and the dark coming together. really thought this one was great, and one of the reasons that I thought it was really 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 solid it really hit home was the decision to kind of just transfer the star wars designs from the empire directly over and that there wasn't a drastic reinterpretation of the empire it was the empire we know which again does not mean that i'm like oh it's the canon side of it but this felt right at home in star wars. like this you could have told me oh yeah this is this is some canon story that we we're we're, let, we're sharing with you and, and and there's something about that I liked because it just it just uh, it felt um, story wise right at home in Star Wars uh, a direct interpretation of it Empire taking resources it's all there but so you take what is so Star Wars and you put it with this real you know cultural perspective uh, it, it, so it made it a special kind of powerful to me 
Yeah, no, I, I really uh, agree with that. There was so much that was new in this, the, uh, the design mm -hmm. of the world, design of the characters, the, the style of the uh, animation. But yeah, it was great to just see like, hey, and, uh, and Snowtroopers are here too. <laughs> yeah, and hey, Jesse's here. Like it, it, it was, uh, yeah, I love, I love that. Yeah, this one uh, was like a rescue cream on a burn after the previous <laughs> one. <laughs> it, was, it was a bomb. This was like the Return of Jedi or, or Rise of Skywalker of the series so far to me. Mm -hmm. Of like, ooh, yeah, there's some darkness and it's bittersweet, uh, but there is light, there is victory, there is hope. Uh, absolutely love Screechers Reaching, and I probably will be revisiting it. And, and it's so great to see see something new. Uh, but I was kind of just on the edge of my seat with this one of, is it going to go dark like Screechers Reach or, or mm -hmm. is it, is it going to pull through the, the way they played with is, is the, the younger sister, uh, Coton, mm -hmm. she just wrong about having the force. <laughs> like That uh, tension <laughs> lived with me throughout the episode of like, is it, oh, geez. Uh, yeah. Um, in this one, I, I think that's, even go, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, that's, that's funny, but tragically funny, but funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's still scary. Real scary. Um, mm -hmm. I think the, uh, separating this one from Screechers Reach and just looking at it all by itself, one of my other overall reactions to it was um, this great Star Wars tradition of going, sometimes going real, real dark uh, uh, to make the light shine. And I think because Star Wars is fun because it's a blockbuster because sometimes it can have really silly wacky wild things um i think sometimes people don't fully give star wars credit for going really really dark so that when you ascend to the light it mm -hmm. feels powerful it feels earned and i think this episode uh was in that tradition where this wasn't like they had the rest of um these women's uh, people these sisters uh, mm -hmm. village in a cage and they rescued them right. yay they're dead uh you yeah. know it, this was a genocide mm -hmm. um they went it went dark so it could go somewhere light and i think really uh, made it powerful how do you feel about that yeah i think there was a, a lot of stuff of, of the cost of the cause here and and standing up and, and fighting is is a great first step forward and it's important and something we should do and, and and the younger sister has that vibe all the way through i've got to do this right and but that doesn't mean there isn't some cost to it. It doesn't mean that uh, those who are fighting now might be fighting for the future generations and they're not going to get to experience the change they caused, right? That kind of vibe as well. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't uh, shouldn't stand up. And and the mother and that wonderful uh, story, the art piece, uh, the mother standing up, uh, it just drove, it, drove home uh, why and, again, the cost of it there. And, and then the art itself just being the power of art to keep the stories going, to keep inspiring. Uh, that's why we keep coming back to Star Wars. That's why we keep diving in and having these deep dives every week. It's it's the power of this silly little franchise and this silly mm -hmm. little song. And, and the art needs to keep going because the stories and the legacy needs to keep going. Yeah, I really agree with that. So for you, do you, would you say that is the the overall idea of of uh, uh, what's the cost? I'd say the co the, the, the 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 cost, but but uh, uh, also the I, I, the the we are not alone vibe. Uh, all the way mm. through it, so that that's going to pull you through a lot of this stuff. So there's the cost. That's hor that, that that's horrible. That's sad. You, you talk. It, it, it was a genocide here. It's too big. It's too overwhelming. They just simply want water. They didn't want to take down an empire. They want water to survive. And and, and there's all that. But but through it all, uh, the idea that you're not alone. That's a pretty powerful driving force. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought this one had a, a lot of uh, great and powerful um, ideas, I think. Uh, it's not like it's not like Star Wars uh, doesn't tell lots and lots of stories of um, of oppression, of uh, mm-hmm. more and more stories of this is a part of what the the evil of what the Empire does is is it's they're a violation against nature of against planets against the actual actual living worlds they're killing worlds in in plundering them for resources and we're getting those stories told more and more and really really cementing that um we've seen the empire uh victimize individuals and groups of people and disrespect culture that has been baked into it uh from the beginning we didn't we didn't get to see a lot of alderanian culture but you know mm-hmm. <laughs> wiping out a planet in the in the first movie uh and then we're you know really getting into the depth of that in a lot of the publishing stories, but also on screen in Andor. So it, it, it's not like that isn't there, but there was, um, there was something uh, that, that felt very uh, real, very authentic, very responding to um, real world events in this. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know if that's my, just because my, my mm-hmm. I, I'm filtering these through what cultural ideas are people bringing? Mm-hmm. Um, in in uh i am not again an expert on uh chilean culture or history but i i, I this one made me go and uh really literally look mm-hmm. at chilean history uh, on wikipedia and, and try to remember and understand mm-hmm. what this culture believes in what this culture has been through and and mm-hmm. uh, uh that's i think the power of this is it it, it can open doors to that and again not yeah. saying i'm an expert in any means it's it's it, uh Mm -hmm. i read a wikipedia page for 15 minutes i am not an expert (laughs) but it it made me curious to uh understand beyond a footnote um Mm -hmm. uh, because it it felt so palpable it felt so real it felt like such a lived story well yeah yeah so the you know a studio gets this uh gets this gig and and you're like what what story do we want to tell what is what is uh, truly our perspective what's our experience either as individuals as a culture overall as our own history yeah that's absolutely why they should be doing this project uh, overall lucasfilm and the whole team and then exactly what you're talking about gets you to press pause a little bit huh and and i think that's uh that's, that's shown through this one a lot it was very yeah. but it was very very just it just worked me on a lot of levels it just just it was very real very real. yeah yeah I, I i i was definitely moved by this one um i truly agree with you about it it really strongly raises the question of is it worth fighting that's almost like mm-hmm. the central uh question of the plot and i that i was waiting for the piece to answer and mm-hmm. the piece came around to yes but <laughs> within that there's so much else going on I loved seeing uh, the older sister to Gina uh, that a lot of times we, we talk about fear. It can be, um, well, just push past your fear and do it. And and sometimes that's true and you absolutely need to do that. Mm. But there's that line between fear and, and caution, right? There's that line between I'm afraid to send an email because what if I get a bad response? Like, yep, yeah. that's yeah. hard. It's life. Um, but to Gina's... <laughs> there's nothing irrational about this fear right Mm -hmm. uh she has every reason to be cautious so it's really fun and interesting to watch a character um who is letting fear hold them back but you're so like i understand of course Mm -hmm. because this isn't irrational fear this is caution 
this is cautious fear. How did you feel about about that? Did you find yourself, you know, just wanting her to move forward, or did you find yourself uh, wanting her, feeling like she was right, <laughs> and little sister should stay home? No, well, I mean, look, it kind of goes back to our discussions with Omega, especially in season one, where I'm like, you know, I think it's okay if Hunter's like, you don't need to enter a blaster fight right now. Like, I, you know, yeah. I, I have that. It's an okay instinct. But because it's a Star Wars story and, and you know, it's um, trying to tell a, a bigger thing there, I I think there was something, you know, we keep talking about the cost of the cost, but how that can relate to, you, you related it wonderfully to our own lives. That email uh, might, you might, you might be needing something, you might be asking for something, and it's an email, it's a step forward in your life, in career, relationship, but it's going to disrupt the normal. And, and, mm-hmm. and it's easy to hold on to that normal because it's a survival thing. Like, I, I, you know, it's almost what we talk to the screechers, Rick, hey, there's worse lives, there's better lives, and both things are, are right. And mm-hmm. I think um, for, for the older sister to be like, no, 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 no. We've got to survive. Um, you know, maybe I, mean, I shouldn't be going, but we need water. That's why I'm going. You need to stay there. Um, uh, totally uh, valid and, 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 uh, and, uh, and, uh, and an honest response. But that kind of stuff can hold you back from experiencing mm-hmm. something brand new. It's a struggle we all have. It's a struggle with change. It's a struggle with risk. Uh, and going back to even the Sith, acknowledging the fear, acknowledging that's going on. And then that becomes what you described as caution, knowing the difference between fear and caution. Eh, it's not quite a Yoda lesson yet. Maybe Yoda did say at some point, maybe not a Republic. Um, caution, you must know. Uh, I really think that that's what you can pull out and, and apply it to your own life. And this is why this episode worked on a lot of levels. for me. Yeah. No, I, I really agree with that. And I wanted to highlight that because I didn't want to just be like, yeah, Tachina was held back by fear. Um, yeah, no, no, no. She is, and, and extremely well said on on the email thing. That's what it is. It's about the risk of connection and the the risk of often reaching out for help because you desperately uh, yeah. need help. Many, and, many, and what if you get yeah. no response or an angry response? Or yeah, yeah. I think sometimes in life, your your fear the answer is no, but even more so, you fear the answer being yes because that's something brand new and disrupts yeah. everything. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but I think what what really uh, was powerful to me about this was this idea that it, it it was a question of should we take the risk to fight, but it was a little bit more of well what do we have left if we don't fight? Yeah, mm, yeah. Uh, which is a question that that come comes up in Star Wars. That uh, uh, I'm trying to remember Jin Urso's exact quote, but it's you know it's brought up of you know you know what are we gonna have left if we don't fight against the Death Star. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not remembering the exact quote, but um, I thought that's what was really powerful about it was what Tachina was managing was some water to survive. It was just survival and nothing mm-hmm. else. And by the end of this story, what was at stake to me uh, was not just the question of, you know, is is the cost worth fighting? It was if we don't fight, the light will die. Mm-hmm. Everything that is valuable to us will die. The idea that the water is for personal survival, but it's also the beating heart of the planet itself. The mm-hmm. planet will die. And the water doesn't just sustain our bodies. It sustains our souls. It is what allows us to paint. It's what allows us to connect to our ancestors. It's what mm-hmm. connects us to the stars. Um, 
there's the the idea of uh, um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs that that talks about you know what are the things that humans need to survive and if you don't have those things then you can't go on to to dream to paint to create to connect um mm-hmm. and this was, was to me it, it made me think of that because it was about uh uh if we if we don't fight we won't have any of the things that our souls need mm-hmm. and and all the great beautiful literalizations of that of their ancestors aren't gone they're in the stars but the pollution and the clouds are bringing it in and from the mm-hmm. first shot crushing the magic of yeah. of the flower um to me it was just it it, it, it was a powerful conversation because on one on one hand it's like yeah, we all need more than food and drink. We need yeah, yeah. You know, friends and joy. I get it. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I think often in our debates about what is needed in our culture, the importance of the bare minimum of human existence is mm-hmm. <laughs> shelter, <laughs> mm-hmm. food, water, other humans around you, so that then we can achieve our potential uh mm-hmm. and honor our ancestors and make art and remember our history and enjoy the physical beauty of the world uh those are the things that that we all need yeah you talk about the reasons for living right the reasons for getting yeah. up every day and going to calf center yeah absolutely and, and, and <laughs> you have a, a powerful entity like the empire that uh is just taking uh you know taking it will uh, taken with impunity. Yeah, that that's that's the true true cost. I thought this episode had a lot. Of the, there's a spiritual connection to Solo, right? Why I love Solo, mm-hmm. Solo story, um, and 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 what the Empire is truly doing. We 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 you know original trilogy, the Empire. Yeah, they're very clear they're the bad guys. I think it's all in there. It's all said, but it's it's a mm-hmm. fast moving story about a rebellion against an empire. But Star Wars since then, and, and a lot of its stuff, and this this follows suits. Which again, why I love the use of of the things we recognize that snow troopers, ATSDs. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's the empire I grew up with and collecting out of the Sears catalog. Uh, but this, <laughs> this is what they're doing. And this is what they're truly destroying. And, and, and piece by piece, water drop by water drop. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, really powerful. It, it reminded me of, of some of the moments in rise of Skywalker too, of, uh, of mm-hmm. the memory of Han saying to Ben Solo, your mother may be gone, but what she uh, stood for, what she fought for, that's not gone. Um, Poe's uh in Finn's speech but but I think uh particularly some of Poe's lines uh, in the montage where everybody's getting in the ships uh it, it often gets me teary of like uh you know what our mothers and fought for fathers fought for we won't let die today mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. there's this real sense of by fighting back they unlocked their connection to the force uh which is their heritage uh by fighting back they honored their mother they honored their mm-hmm. village. They honored their planet. Uh, they kept the spirits of the past alive. They won so much. It, it wasn't just a, we chased the bad guys away. They won so much for themselves is what made this one really powerful for me. I absolutely love that. Love everything. And, and just the, the stars, um, the stars emerging uh, got me a little teary eyed at the end too. Uh, the, yeah. To go, to go dark and to really, um, make the light mean even more that much more yeah. works for me did you have a favorite moment of action or comedy or a shot was it uh the shots of the snow troopers <laughs> that, uh, the terror of the tie fighter and the first uh first view first uh, emerging through uh you know kind of this dark beauty it's dark indeed and 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 suffocating life like you said but it's also got that 
there's a, a beauty in that darkness that they were shown. And so just a great check is it, it just set the tone. Um, um, and, and I just loved everything of that. The designs, of the sisters uh, from the mask, from the taking of uh, the older sister, having, so, you know, so the armor sort of worked into her design. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I thought, again, that, that could, um, that's, that, that's the kind of stuff that makes me think awesome. As, as, as you tell, uh, you know, keep doing visions, but then, you got some wonderful talented people who understand Star Wars and what it means to, to them. I'd love to see. It's not like, hey, give these folks a movie, but just like, hey, you get in those meetings. Like, what is it? What kind of designs uh, can you bring into Star Wars? That kind of stuff. That that was one of the moments where I was like, oh, I'd, I'd love to see that down the line. Yeah, yeah, uh, no, I really agree with that. Uh, there's so many just great shots. Um, the 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 water and the flower uh, essence. Mm-hmm. Uh, combining to to play out the backstory on the rock and and seeing animation within animation and and uh, the the line mom used mm-hmm. to do it like this to just connect everything to the sense of heritage. Yeah. I, I loved that was the kind of the first thing I loved, and then it was so triumphant and and so sad with the ATSD. Yeah, um, yeah. And then I think because I I got caught up in my own anxiety of like, well, clearly they believed their mom had the force. That's what the backstory is telling us. Like. Uh, I think I was still, this is the part where I was still wounded by Screecher's reach of, uh, is Tachina going to be able to catch uh, Coton? Uh, so the the visual in, in the audio whoop that which we're familiar with for the force kicking in, mm-hmm. but the actual visual ripple, mm-hmm. uh, that it, it was great visual, great, just different interpretation of how to show the force. And then for mm-hmm. me, it was just like <laughs> such relief from the dark thoughts I've been having. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I put that note too. It's just uh, it's a great, uh, a great interpretation of, of the force in action. Yeah, final, final one for me is um, using you know the water, the violated and stolen resource to to cleanse the land of imperial corruption. Thematically cool, uh, but also really cool to see that the you know there there could be this fixation on the the ATSD was the the awful mm-hmm. thing that was uh, yeah too much mm-hmm. for their mom. And instead of just trying to attack it, the mm-hmm. the without words, them both coming up with a better solution. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was this very fun, rewarding, thematically deep moment. But it was also that sort of like feeling of like learning from the past and the mm-hmm. the younger generation learning from the previous generation of uh, mm-hmm. we've got, uh, it, you know, our, our mother took it this far. And because we learned from her, we know how to take it the next star- step uh, farther to victory. It's a wonderful interpretation of it. I wrote this moment uh, down too of, of love them using the force on the water, not the walker. And hey, you could even say it's a little bit of uh, say what you love, uh, save what you love, not fight what you hate, right? The, the water mm-hmm. is light. So let's save that. But uh, uh, to tie it to the generational change and genera- generational lessons in the next generation, improving what came before it, it, it is a wonderful, beautiful way to look at it and, and, and an intentional use of it, right? From the art piece, that ATSD and that art piece just go, 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 and then and to, and to play it out uh, the way they did. And how that ends up saving everything, right? Uh, not just them in that moment, not just with a little water. It saves, it saves them, the culture, the planet, all those things, and and topples the empire on this planet for the moment as well. Beautiful, yeah, beautiful, yeah. Beautiful. Did you find yourself wondering if the empire is going to come back? <laughs> hey, you know, it's the benefit of a little short film here. Uh, maybe, we <laughs> maybe we don't have to wonder about that. But but my yeah. hope is, you know, I well, I don't say my my hope isn't that they would leave. Uh, they they don't need to. They don't. Uh, they shouldn't have to. But yeah. Uh, I, I think it's a sense of these are two 
powerful, uh, powerful beings, and I'd love to see them in the galaxy at large. Maybe that's the desire I have. Yeah, I think whatever happens, they're going to be okay. Be okay. Uh, any other thoughts before we move on to the final one we're talking about this episode? No, no, great stuff. All right, well, we will move on to episode four. I am your mother from Ardman Studios, uh, you know, a British company that I think some people are familiar with. Mm-hmm. Uh, directed by Magdalena uh, Osinska, uh, written by Holly Wash uh, and uh, Bronca O'Shaughnessy. Additional writing, Sam Morrison. Ken, what was your overall reaction to this one? So I love this one. This was also the first one I watched. I actually watched this one last week. Um, and I watched it because I knew what to expect of the studio and even some of the previews. And I wanted to really see Dennis Lawson as Wedge again. And I thought, um, I think because of what I'd carried over from the first batch in volume one, where there were all a little bit more serious, big epic tales. And I was like, I don't, I don't know if I'm ready for that. Let me go to this one. I bet this one's funny. It's got that whoop in it. I know I can at least laugh at that. And so it was an interesting starting point. And in the end, that's what it was for me. This was absolute joy, uh, absolute joy of an episode. And and the focus on all of these, you mentioned uh, these uh, female characters at the forefront, but the mother, the mother relationships. And this one just means so clear in a very UK way. <laughs> just the loud punk rock mom, sort of, sort of embarrassing. Uh, it all really worked for me there. And, and the fun designs. And I think this these ones really helped me I think it was a good way to start uh, unintentionally as, as it was. It was a good way to, to kind of separate me from, from worrying about any other details about these stories, to just enjoy them as, as they uh, present themselves. Yeah, uh, I really agree with that. Like I said, I, I uh, watched this on May the 4th. I started the morning with the Sith and then uh, had, a, had a big fun day and went to that uh, screening of Return of the Jedi at the Academy Museum and then came home and was like, I, wanna, I want a snack and one more bit of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is what I watched. What, what a great way to end. It is so fun and so celebratory, uh, but still has meaning, still has ideas, still mm-hmm. talks, I think, to the other uh, episodes in Visions uh, Season 2. Um, I really liked that it was set in this different era that's so clearly set in the New Republic era. Talk about pulling from all different parts of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, really cool to see Wedge. It's fun to see Wedge, but yeah. it's also fun to see Hannah City uh, on Chandrilla, which mm-hmm. y- if you look it up on Wikipedia, it, it, it's not uh, like canon Star Wars is, is dripping with Hannah City references. It's, mm-hmm. it's in the Aftermath books. It's mentioned in Andor. It's mentioned in Last Shot. I, well, I think maybe some stuff happens in, uh, right. in Hannah City and Last Shot, given, given the timeline. But it's, it's not something that's been plastered all over screens. It's not like going to Bespin, right? Yeah. Um, so that was really cool and interesting to me. So it gave it this, this freshness. It gave me this little bit of a, a canon junkie <laughs> satisfaction mm-hmm. without being overly worried about it. Um, and then also it had this great, to me, Phantom Menace vibes because it is a race, because yeah, yeah. the main character's name is Annie. Uh, but also, you know, the prequel trilogy is is ultimately a tragedy. But as a lot of people have said, Phantom Menace still has this sense of youth and fun and mm-hmm. joy. And I felt that in this. All the way through. Joy. Absolutely. Yeah. So what did you feel this one was about? What was at stake in I Am Your Mother? <laughs> you, know what I, you know what I put it down? This is a, a love over snark. <laughs> started there. Um, uh, you got the uh, the van was the Van Reeples. Uh, just, uh, you know, what, I, it's a parenting lessons, too. I guess how not to parent. Uh, no encouragement. Uh, competition. 
uh, competition that doesn't build, it destroys. Uh, no true love, no true support, like I said, it, versus the other side. It's, uh, love's a little messy. Love's a little embarrassing. Um, but love is uh, love and family and, and the sense of mother always being there for you, always uh, getting through. And, and the sense of like pride, but in that good good way, you know, pride, pride obviously, what Yoda might warn against pride. But just this like, no, this ain't going to happen to us. I'm here for you. Uh, we're going to race. I'm your mom. I'm your family. Uh, I, I loved all those kind of vibes. And that was the big thing. But again, at the end of the day, love over snark, kids. Love over snark. <laughs> love over snark. I love that. Uh, yeah, I really thought it, it kind of came down to this idea of uh, of not being ashamed of who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a couple different filters that I saw the main character Annie through. And it seemed like she was kind of wrestling with owning any of them. And then her her mom comes in and and gets her to embrace all these different factors of herself by yeah. encouraging her. Um, I feel like you know Annie, of course, had the embarrassment of her mom. So there is a sort of a I, I'm afraid of I'm ashamed of my family. Um, there's so much in this that is uh, about socioeconomic class. It's mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, the contrast between the uh, rich and miserable Van Riepels with the fancy ship versus the shame of everything that is mm-hmm. coded as working class. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so Annie is having shame of her family, but she's also having shame of her socioeconomic class. Uh, and she's also not she's not ashamed of being a pilot but i think there's a little bit of like i'm i would be embarrassed if people saw how much this was my dream Mm, that mm -hmm. it's a fun game for her and her mom at home to pretend to be the legendary red leader red two but a little bit i can't let people see that i think i could actually be that it's right. fun to pretend, but but if somebody finds out, I actually think I I could be red leader someday. So I feel like her her mom convinces her to not be ashamed of of her family, of her uh, her class, and her own dreams. Good job, mom. Yeah, no, absolutely, uh, absolutely, and and truly a mother that's there for her child versus uh, a mother that's uh, still. Um, clearly there for herself yeah no i think it's a great way to look at it and the class the class thing the working class um i don't know that rings very uk to me right uh, you know we just had we just had a little royal thing happen at the world watch that seemed a little i don't know out of place uh and you might feel um uh bad in, in comparison to that and i love what you're saying too about this is what this is who i am right a pilot this is what i want to be and um uh having a little bit of shame of that uh is absolutely a powerful star wars lesson to work through it Know, yeah, and then be who you are. I think when I saw the title "I Am Your Mother," when everything was released, I think I saw the title "I Am Your Mother," and I think I saw Ardman Studios, and I was excited at both, but forgot they were the same, right, right. <laughs> the same one. So there was a part of me when I very first saw the title "I Am Your Mother" that I thought it would be a little bit sort of like a a, a heavier uh, reexamination of the famous Empire Strikes Back moment, the famous mm. relationship. And I love that this was it was a celebration of of mothers and of the maternal uh, relationship mm. with the child. Um, but I love that it was also a subversion. You know, mm. I love that mm. it was uh, not a revelation, but a, but a confirmation of that. Of course, I'm embarrassing. I'm your mother. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's so a confirmation of like the idea of 
a mom, or at least it's one aspect of like, I'm here for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Hey, sometimes moms are embarrassing. Deal with it, kid. Fireworks. Sometimes the, they're going to, they're going to chase after you with your lunch that you missed, you know, but you yep. need your lunch. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was great. I think there, I think there was a, a, a great classic star Wars, everyone matters idea by, by kind of, you know, attacking the, yeah. The 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 rich people this was for everyone this is an era that is for everyone there was a, the other family that was kind of judgy of that wookiee <laughs> <laughs> and the wookiee wasn't having it uh love that. you know there there is a lot of that that tension there that was great I, and there's also that um great star wars idea that's really present in uh in the stars as well of tradition and that the mm-hmm. the ryloth role being the winning love factor it. was love really it. powerful love that did, I, I've seen some people uh, talking about this on social media. Given the era uh, in that they are in a New Republic Academy dreaming of pilots, how much was Hera's presence felt for you that this is a young Twi'lek who looks up to Wedge Antilles, probably very aware of, of who Harrison Dooley is? Were yeah. you affected by that? Yeah, no, I, I, there's, she's got those posters on her wall, and I think Hera's in there. Um, mm, I missed that. Yeah, you well, you, to be honest, I, it took me three viewings to see. Uh, cause there's the max Rebo plush that's on the bed and you just look, yeah. look behind it and there's the hair. I, I believe it's hair. It's the design that we're familiar with. So I think that absolutely makes sense. And it elevates hair as a character, I think, uh, as we move forward and start with storytelling, but yeah, I love that. And, and it all tied into the right off roll with me and the purpose of it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Now I get to go uh, look at that poster again. Um, yeah, yeah. There's, there's. I, I was, I was trying. I have to go back to. I, I thought. I think there's also a wedge one up there. Someone out there would, would correct me, but yeah. Yeah, a lot of great wedge stuff. I love crashing through uh, the the wedge digital billboard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, last kind of like idea that was really interesting to me is the the Van Reeples. Uh, I believe uh, is it Jolin and uh, Dora Van Reeple. They are very classic um, villains of you know um, rich, cruel, status obsessed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Second place is last place. Is you said a. Uh, a destructive form of competition instead of a uh, constructive uh, form of competition, which I love. Mm-hmm. Great turn of phrase. Um, but it's easy for me to to look at this one as like, ah, after three episodes, <laughs> mm-hmm. heavy Sith and Imperial oppression and rot, this is the fun one. But the, the Van Reeples could have just been their... Uh, yeah, rich, snooty, upper class meanies, mm. but they are coded as dark side. They are oh, yeah. in a dark ship with red glowing things. They have uh, their their head shapes with their hair is almost Vader like. Mm. Uh, but then specifically uh, that very funny beat with they have a, a Death Star ball. <laughs> how, how did you feel? Of the, I mean, it, it's a fun it, it's a fun Star Wars joke, and there's lots mm-hmm. of other jokes like it in it. But how do you feel like they're so coded to the dark side that they've even got a mini Death Star? I think it's just a reminder of, of, of the tenets of the dark side, if you will. All the things we've been, we preach about sometimes, and, and here they are. It's on, on display. And I think if they were to slide this into canon, they'd be Imperial remnants, and Carson Teva would have to be worried about them. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's, it's, it's beyond the joke. Like you and I always say, there's, 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 there's always some... I, I, for the most part, I believe there should be some purpose in the humor. What are you trying to tell with your your, your joke? And I, I think it's just a reminder of what what the dark side is when you break it down to a base level. Yeah, I really agree with that. I think it's a total message of, you know, the dark side is not just for red lightsabers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, anyone who is, uh, you know, 
cruel and status obsessed and uh, mm-hmm. cares more about their own victory and vanity than than their child. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, the dark side is for everybody. Mm. Mm. Uh, I'll work on that turn of phrase. Any uh, favorite moments of action, comedy, any other beats? Uh, yeah, I uh, from the beginning, I uh, loved Z1 and loved the design. And I, and I th- and I think BD One's a little bit like this too. In Survivor, it's one of my and Fallen Order. BD One is one of my favorite things in those games. Uh, but if you're just if you got a droid, just make him a dog because it's kind of what they've always seemed like to me in a good way. <laughs> I'm a dog person, right? So Z One just being just being a dog was wonderful. Love that. Yeah, uh, yeah, a little slinky dog was that was mm-hmm. great. Um, the wedge stuff was really really fun. Um, I, loved I loved it. You know, I think this one was shown at Star Wars Celebrations. Everybody's like, "Wedge is great," and I remember like, "Wedge is in I am your mother." This is a real different one than I thought. <laughs> um, but it 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 great just comedy acting um and and i think great you know light poking fun at the truth of star wars that it has all this depth but it's also um hey there's some merchandise um Mm -hmm. so i loved his believe it or not it's hosted by me (laughs) but uh not one but two uh because it's in the credits too of the betrayer to check out the official wedge themed products at my merchandise stall (laughs) how did you feel about the uh the the merch jokes I loved it. I love. I love Wedge. Is kind of a B level star. You know, he's in that autograph wing at conventions. That's the uh, that cost doesn't cost as much as the other wing. You know what I mean? I uh, love that kind of Wedge vibe. And and also something about Star Wars too. You talk about uh, you know get a, a story here of uh, the working class. That's one of the things in Star Wars. Like uh, there was the Dark Horse four issue series right before they lost the license back in the day. That it was uh, really good. It, it told the stories of. Chewie, Han, Luke, Leia, I, I, I think that's the four they focused on. But it was from the perspective of other people in the galaxy who didn't have that status, right? So they were kind of these almost celebrities in the story. And I think that's fascinating to put Wedge up there in that code. You know, he's the guy, he took, he took down the Death Star with Lando. Like, he's, he's got a level of uh, fame here. Um, so I think there's a lot of different ways to look at it and just, and just funny. I want some Wedge merch. Yeah, I mean, Wedge has such a great trajectory from being you know when we were kids one of the like do you know the name of the one other guy who survived yeah, the battles? yeah. And like uh you know he was one of the first uh shared trivia uh fun facts uh for for the fandom that i encountered and then i think just exploded in popularity in the eu uh mm-hmm. from from books and now has this real important role i think in in new canon of being the face of the of the ongoing um republic fleet uh the new republic fleet is is mm-hmm. uh, really powerful and great legacy and great great to have him around and, and to have some fun with his fame and great comedy turn of phrase to say wedge themed products yeah. <laughs> just like <laughs> what does that mean is there like you know a coffee shop a coffee cup a calf cup in the shape of his head you know uh well, if it is i want it and in this design too yeah i want to drink out of wedge's head uh, final one for me, because there's so many moments of comedy uh, in action, uh, you know, the Ryloth role itself and the, the yeah. split screen of them both being thrilled uh, and enjoying it. That was great. But I think my my single favorite thing is when uh, uh, the mother, uh, according to the uh, credits named uh, Colleen, when uh, Colleen shows up in uh, the, the space tug, that the first embarrassing article of clothing appears to be a brassiere of some kind it easily could have been like underwear that would have been like kind of the classic comedy mm-hmm. go-to but the bra felt 
pointed. It felt like a take <laughs> yeah. that George Lucas with the the infamous uh, stories yeah. of of him telling Carrie Fisher there are no bras in space and <laughs> the great comedy heights that uh, that Carrie Fisher took that whole discussion yeah. to. It mm-hmm. it felt like like that because you don't you don't see bras in in. Uh, Star Wars mm-hmm. metal bikinis, sure, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, th- I thought there was it was funny and powerful and different. No, no, absolutely, it's a great feminine feminine energy there too. No, I love that. Uh, the mother was great. Uh, she has one of my favorite lines: "Family race for families." Love that take. <laughs> love that read. <laughs> yeah, extremely funny. Uh, mm-hmm. Any other thoughts on this one before we wrap up? Yeah, one little final. I want to call it a f- funny little uh, sight gag. There was the three porta potties in the back, and they did they had like Java size, like humanoid size, and, and like Wookie size. Oh, that was great. Well, I got to go to a frame by frame rewatch <laughs> do it, do it. of this one because uh, both times it's just, it's just uh, mm-hmm. flown by. Uh, no pun intended at yeah. all. Uh, but a, a very great episode to end this episode of our podcast on. Can't wait to dive into the remaining five. Ken, where can people find us? Hey, you can find us on Twitter for CenterPod. We're on Instagram and YouTube as well. Subscribe over there. We got an episode of Figure Fights up now. More stuff on the way. Facebook pages for Center Podcast. We are available on Acast, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and more. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash center. Get some center themed merch over there. Patreon.com slash is where you can join us and support us directly. Get into our Discord server there. And you can uh, find and follow me at Ken Napsock. Go to my website, KenNapsock.com. And Joseph, where can they find and follow you and tell them again about that Kickstarter? Oh, thank you for teeing me up. Uh, yeah, you can find me on social media at Joseph Scrimshaw is my handle pretty much everywhere. Twitter, Instagram, uh, Mastodon, all sorts of different places, uh, TikTok. And yes, if you're at all interested, just want to see what it is or help out. Uh, the, again, the first day makes such a huge difference. Uh, you can go check for it on any of my social media feeds uh, or you can just go to Kickstarter and search for The Nightmare Adorable, a horror film about comedy and horror and as you can see from all of our discussions today uh, I'm, I'm pretty invested in both those those things so uh thank you for considering it thank you all for listening to this episode of Force center we can't wait to dive deep into the rest of visions season two all that later for now for myself uh for ken uh for that floating space brazier this has been Force center Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.